Are you ready, guys? I'm ready. I'm ready. We are ready. Let's go. Today, Gone with the Bushes is taking you to Texas. Might be our first time we're going to Texas. Yeehaw. Uh, we are doing Christine's pick, 1960. Which I would just like to preface that I knew nothing <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> she picked an X-rated movie. Yeah. Wow. It sounded just like a fun buddy comedy when I picked it out. A fun buddy comedy. Just, just, just well, there were some buddies having some fun. So, <laughs> Okay. We are doing Midnight Cowboy. A small town dreamer and a small town con man make an unlikely friendship. That's the most G-rated description of this film. Do you see why I thought we were doing a fun buddy comedy? That's what I read. You thought we were doing Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Cowboy moved from Texas to New York City, and I thought they were just gonna do a little bit of, like fun illegal stuff. It's just a nice fun romp. <laughs> yeah, yeah there, yeah, there were some romps. <laughs> okay, Aaron, the particulars. So, Midnight Cowboy. It was released on May twenty fifth, nineteen sixty nine. Produced by Jerome Hellman. He also produced The World of Henry Orient. Uh. A Fine Madness, The Day of the Locust, and Coming Home. Sorry, there's somebody here that's either dying, wailing, or playing some sort of music. <laughs> and it was cracking me up. You'll be able to hear it faintly in the background, as you will my fan. I don't care, people. <laughs> Directed by, there it is again. Directed by John Salinger, or John Schlesinger. He's English. Um, he also directed Darling, Far From the Maddening Crowd. Then he made this film. This was his first American film. He made Sunday Bloody Sunday, The Day of the Locust, Marathon Man, The Falcon and the Snowman, and Eye for an Eye, just to name a few. The screenplay well is by Waldo Scott. Waldo Salt. Wow. It's not me. Okay. I feel better. He also, he's, the first film that he wrote was in 1937, The Bride Wore Red. He also worked on The Philadelphia Story, Serpico, The Day of the Locust, and Coming Home. His career, Nerd Alert, was interrupted because he got blacklisted. Mm -hmm. And so he couldn't, he was one of those guys that was like, in another movie we did earlier, that went over to England and was just using a pseudonym working on English shows, and this was his first role, like his first offer. So he was mm. like, yeah, and he was in his mid-50s. Just like, sure. Yeah. It's based on the film Midnight Cowboy by James Leo Hurlihy. Did you did you just say based on the film? I think you did. Based on, the, based on the novel. Novel, there you 1965 go. 1965 novel. He was a close friend of Tennessee Williams. He also wrote the novels All Fall Down and Season of the Witch. And he wrote the plays Moon in Capricorn and Blue Denim. Never heard of any of that. The music is by John Barry. He's also English. He did the music for the James Bond films from 1963 to 1987. So... 
like wow. all the classic ones and wow. the James Bond theme which appeared in Dr. No for the first time that's John Barry we're gonna have to do a James Bond sometime mm-hmm. yeah he also did Dances with Wolves out of Africa Raise the Titanic Body Heat Ooh, Howard the Duck Peggy Sue Got Married Cry the Beloved Country, Chaplin, and Born Free, just to name a few. Wow. Nerd alert. He suffered from a ruptured esophagus in 1988 following a toxic reaction to a health tonic. Oh. Kombucha. He didn't work for two years, and it left him susceptible to pneumonia. Wow. Mm -hmm. But it didn't kill him. A heart attack did. Okay. Because if he were around now, the Rona would get him. (laughs) The director of photography is Adam Hollander. He was Polish. He was actually from Krakow in Poland, which when I hear Krakow, I think most people now, if they know what Krakow is, it's not for its scenic, picturesque cityscape. I'll tell you that. I, I know it as one of the concentration camps during World War II. Not a place you want to go to a bed and breakfast. Yeah. I was like, ooh. Well, he was the son of a judge. This is a nerd alert. He was the son of a judge, and his family was sent to a Siberian work camp from 1939 to 1947. So can you imagine? And he was born in 1939 to 1947. He was born in 19—no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, that was right. He, and he was born in 1937, so he was two years old when he went away. But then I got caught up because I imagined the dad, who was the judge, he, you know, he's off, hard labor, comes back to Krakow, his beloved city, and oh, is like, yeah. what? You guys did what? But I figured that's kind of probably why he got sent to a yeah. Siberian work camp. So, But that's a tough... Like this guy, when this guy's making the movies, like, where are you from? And he's like, Krakow. It's like, yeah. And it's like, no, no, my family was sent away. Um, Edited by Hugh A. Robertson, nerd alert, the first black person to be nominated for film editing at the Academy Awards. Well done. He also edited Georgia, Georgia and Shaft and the studios. um, He was able to. Uh, finesse his way with his deal making that the studios came to him because they want they're like here can you rescue this film Georgia Georgia can you do can you edit Shaft for us and he's like I'll do them but then I get to direct my own film ooh mm-hmm. yeah. so that led to remember the time I wore a leather jacket to Thanksgiving and Adam called me Shaft <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that that's what he did <laughs> It was a very shaft jacket, though. I know the jacket he's talking about. It was very shaft. <laughs> um, so he parlayed those editing gigs into directing Honey Baby and Melinda. He also helped edit 12 Angry Men, Ooh. the older version of The Fugitive, the Mar- and The Miracle Worker, all before this film, Midnight Cowboy, which was his big break. The Ooh, cast. Those others weren't big breaks. No, wow. he he helped. He didn't get credit. I don't remember me say, mentioning Hugh A. Robertson when we did Twelve Angry Men. 
He was just probably in there. <laughs> I believe you're right. But, may, but maybe that was my bad. And I just, I don't know. It could be okay. my bad. Starring John Voight as Joe Buck, a.k.a. Angelina Jolie's dad. He was in... Now we know where her lips came from. Mm -hmm. She looks a lot like You don't expect a a white blonde dude to have those lips. Yeah. He was in Catch-22, Deliverance, Coming Home, The Champ, Heat, Mission Impossible, Ali, and uh, Ma, you may know him from Ray Donovan. Ray Donovan. Yeah. Nerd Alert, his brother, Chip Taylor, wrote the songs... Angel in the Morning and Wild Thing. What? <laughs> yes. Wow. John Boyd's brother wrote Wild Thing. You make my heart sing. Yeah, I was just like, man. Wow. I hope he retained publishing. Hopefully. Dustin Hoffman, who played Enrico Salvatore Razzo Rizzo. So we know him because we saw him in The Graduate. And then, which he did right before this, exactly. And then after this, he did Ooh. Little Big Men, Lenny, All the President's Men, Marathon Man, Tootsie, Ishtar, Rain Man, Wag the Dog, Kramer versus Kramer, and so on and so forth. Exactly. Brenda Vaccaro, who was Shirley, she was in the movie I Love My Wife, Capricorn One, Airport Seventy Seven, The Mirror Has Two Faces, and so much television. Yes, man, a lot. She was also an older woman to a much younger Michael Douglas coupling at the time. That was a thing. Oh, in I mean, real was, life? Yeah. Oh. Because she was, uh, I don't even remember how much older, but it was a thing because it was, it was a an May older December. woman with a younger man. Is that mm-hmm. called a May-December romance? Uh, I don't think she was quite May, but maybe February. Oh, I always thought it was the other way around. The December was the old. But I, I don't know. I don't either. So there we go. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um, Ruth White was Sally Buck. She's in her career won an Emmy, an Obie Award, which is an Off-Broadway Theater Award, and was nominated for a Tony Award. She was also in To Kill a Mockingbird, Charlie, and no way to treat a lady. And uh, also we have Sylvia Miles. She was Cass. She was in Farewell, My Lovely, Wall Street, and She-Devil. And Bob Balaban was the young student. This was his first film. Wow, he what a in, way to go in there. He was in, I, I was like, why do I know that face? Why do I know that guy? Oh, my gosh. He was in close... It was in Catch-22, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Little Man Tate, Waiting for Guffman, Grand Budapest Hotel, Isle of Dogs. He's in the oh. upcoming The French Dispatch, if that ever gets released this year. Um, he's That guy's in everything. You're, you like look him up. You're like, oh, yeah. And those are the particulars. Okay. Well, we do begin in a, a small town in Texas, mm-hmm. and we have a playground at a drive-in theater. I heard drive-ins are making a, a resurgence. Because it would make it's sense. Supposed to be, yeah. In, yeah. In, in these times. Called the Big Tex Drive-In. And then we see John Voight showering, 
find out he's Joe Buck because he's singing a song, and he's putting on some fancy cowboy clothes. He's got himself a fancy, uh, oh, those cowboy boots were fancy, a new cowboy <laughs> hat, a suede fringed jacket. And to top it all off, he has a cowhide suitcase because he's on his way to New York City. And he's walking and he's walking and he's walking and he's walking and he walks a long time and he goes into a diner to collect his pay. That's where he used to be a busboy. Uh, uh, wait, not busboy. The dish, dishwasher. Uh, dishwasher. And he wants his pay and he's saying goodbye because he tells somebody there's a lot of rich women begging for it, paying for it in New York City. So we know what his plan is. We see him go by a beauty salon where he has a flashback of himself massaging. We come to find out grandma's shoulders. And he doesn't like she's really into it. And it doesn't seem like he's really doing any work. Of course, he is like a six year old kid. Yeah, it's a very creepy scene. It is. And I think, you know, massaging someone's shoulders doesn't have to be creepy, but they made it creepy. I mean, it wasn't just. a Yeah. Okay. So then he goes, gets on a bus, he has his transistor radio, and he has a flashback of a girl saying, you're the only one, you're the best. Now, is this before they pass the water tower? Yes. The, the, okay. Is it a water tower or a billboard? Wait. Oh, yeah. Okay, maybe. Go ahead and say what the water tower says. Is it Annie or Anne? Either one. It's Anne with an E, so you can say Annie or Anne. Oh, okay. Uh, it says Crazy Anne loves Joe Buck, spray painted in black on the the big water oh, tower. Water tower. Yeah, I was like, oh, Crazy Anne. So, I, I, I did did he write that? No, she would have to write that. So then that means she's referring to herself as Crazy Anne. Or somebody else. Oh, or it's like just like graffiti. I mean, it is graffiti, but like the bathroom graffiti. The girl's bathroom. I would feel like if it was the graffiti. Well, it was Texas. Not saying that everyone in Texas is dumb, but I'm just saying that the people who probably would have spray painted this, that that's like (laughs) crazy and loves Joe Buck. I just feel like if if it had been graffiti, there could have been... Especially in an X-rated film. It, yeah, a I little expected more a penis up there, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah? Okay. Um, then, FB. Flashback. Um, his mom delivering him to his grandma's house. His mom is with another woman. I didn't know if it was his aunt or what, but it's obvious that... Um, the mom is dropping him off, not going to deal with him anymore. And grandma appears to have a lot of bows. Well, uh, grandma and mom in the book, I forget if it, if it's, I think in the book it's alluded to that both of them are sex workers. Or sex workers. Okay. We see a lot of sex workers in this film. I mean, Midnight Cowboy is a sex worker. Spoiler! Yeah, I didn't. I'm so oblivious. I didn't know that uh, a cowboy sex worker was a dime a dozen. 
literally a dime a dozen yeah. in New York City in the late 60s. So then he, we, they, there's a flashback of him in bed with Grandma. Again, not like um, no, anything. He's younger. Yeah, right? he's a young boy, like six. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like you get in bed with Grandma and watch TV or something. Yeah, but, but there was do- always a bunch. There, the way that it's cut together, just right. like, Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. I didn't feel comfortable. Okay, yeah, that that pit of your stomach is going... This doesn't seem like this is a nice, wholesome flashback. No. We also passed by a billboard that said, don't have a, don't have a, an oil well? Get one. Just, mm-hmm. just get one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then he's, his transistor radio is like his most prized possession. And he listens to it all the time, and he hears New York City come onto the radio. So they're getting close. And and he's listening to a talk show, and they're talking about what makes a good man. And they're saying what makes a good man is young and tall and aggressive. And he's like, yes, I got it. He's, I am. Re- he's, he's, uh, he's cashing them checks. I'm ready for New York City. Well, we have But him. I would just like to point out how annoying he was on the damn bus. Yes. yes. Like, he is the equivalent of people watching YouTube videos on their cell phones with the sound all the way turned up and not wearing headphones. These days. Yes. That's yes. on my reheatables list. Yes. <laughs> yes. Good, good point. Then he, go, he gets a hotel room. Uh, it's a hotel, but it's not a, a fancy one. Did it, um, I looked it up, but I didn't write it down. And he's unpacking his cowhide suitcase, and in is is a is a poster mm. of Paul Newman. Our Paul Newman props, and it's like Wait. John Voight, my guy. You are no Paul Newman. You are no Paul Newman, because it's right next to the mirror where he could actually mm-hmm. see if he had checked it out. Um, okay, so he's walking the streets, and he's obviously looking for middle-aged women. And he's trying to talk to women. It's New York City. Teeny, do women talk to strangers? No, the one that, the one lady he went up to was like, ma'am, and she looked at him and just turned around and kept walking. We were like, oh, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Got to know your audience. Um, Fuck politeness. He keeps yeah. going... Excuse me, ma'am. I'm new in town, and I'm looking for the Statue of Liberty. And one woman says, you're not looking for the Statue of Liberty at all. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And she has her dog, and she's trying to get her dog to poop, which I thought was funny. I used to do do that with Sparky outside. And she goes, "Uh, it's up in Central Park taking a leak if you're if you hurry, you'll catch the blank show goes in it, the blank show. I could never figure out what it was. What was it? The what show? I don't know. The late, the late show? I don't know. And, but she beckons him to come in with her. So, so he does. And she's talking to a dude on her landline telephone all the while Joe Buck is kissing her. And then I mean, they... disgustingly, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, feel like Adam and I were watching that just going, oh, my God, <laughs> with the amount of 
tongue they were using. Yes, it was. Oh no, it was in his tongue in her ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that was when I believe I texted you and said I know why this is. You could have stayed (laughs) X-rated. I was trying to, I was trying, I was like, what happened at the beginning? Which part? Yeah. Because there are more to come. Okay, so they are. book, or in something that I read, it said that she was a prostitute herself. I mean, I'm sorry, a sex worker herself. Well, she was, she was a, um, what's a female gigolo? A sex worker? For, um, for a. A married dude, because that the, the married mistress? dude is who's on the phone. Oh, so she was uh, like mistress. A, a mistress, okay. like yeah. a okay, the yeah. the side piece, the side piece. And as um, Joe Buck and she are in bed, they keep hit rolling over on the remote control, and it keeps changing stations. I'm sure there was some symbolism in there somewhere. Oh yeah, you know what. Uh, I forgot to write down what I looked it up yesterday and I was reading this thing and somebody was explaining about it and I forgot who it was. But if you Google midnight, if you Google midnight cowboy and blackface, you'll, <laughs> yes, sorry, but you'll come, you'll, it'll come up. So I'm sorry that I can't give this person the credit. That's These aren't my ideas. Listeners, if you just Google <laughs> midnight cowboy, it, it, put movie after it otherwise who knows how many um solicitations you're gonna be getting really midnight well, the I movie just, came I, right up what is what no, are you searching for oh my gosh to get to midnight cowboy trivia yeah well okay so the the person said that it was about um it had to do with consumerism <clears throat> And, oh. and, t- and TV and how, um, you know, like how TV is always like kind of peddling stuff with you. Because, um, yeah, there's somebody like that shows up in blackface. And then there was also a commercial about like bleach and it had like some slogan where it's like it makes even even makes blacks white. And and then the, oh, man, I missed that. There was like stuff to, yeah. to also do with like masculinity and and dogs because it wasn't that also they kept putting like a wig on the dog and stuff. Yes, and, yes, yeah. yeah. So if you do that Google search and it's a it's a dot org. It was some I forget what university it was, but it was some university kind of like discussion thing and the person. Oh, I want to read it. that because I still have a lot of questions. I did write blackface because that came up a couple times with the remote control. Um, keep hitting the remote. Oh, then they're finished. She's getting ready for a date and he brings up <coughs> by <coughs> the way, um, you know, this wasn't for free. Only he's not a good hustler. He's the one. I mean, she uh, didn't determine that before exactly exactly um and so uh, uh so she's looking in her purse and she goes i forgot to go to the bank she asked him for money for the taxi and then he's going oh funny because i was just gonna ask you for money for you know what just happened and she goes you were gonna ask me for money I'm one hell of a gorgeous chick. And she starts crying her crocodile tears. And he gives her a 20. 
Yeah. Which in today's money would be about $140. And she said she needed a cab up town. And I was like, well, that's probably about right. Yeah. Because oh, later, Dustin Hoffman needs cab money and gets a $1 bill. And that's going to be cab money, which just mm-hmm. was hilarious. Okay. Wow. Next scene, uh, Joe Buck goes into a bar and he sits next to Dustin Hoffman. I don't know how anyone would because you know he was rank. Oh, my God. You know he smelled so bad. And and he's probably one of those method actors where he probably really did smell bad. I have a nerd alert about that. (laughs) He, um... Felt like after the graduate, he was going to be looked at as a kind of a college boy. The all-American boy. boy. All-American. So to get the part, he went and and he did the whole homeless thing where he was wearing really ragged clothes. Well, he told the the executive that was in charge of auditions to meet him at a corner in New York at a certain time. And so the executive went there. And he was dressed in rags and was panhandling, asking people for money and stuff. And the executive did was like looking around, you know, getting irritated. Where's Dustin Hoffman? Where's Dustin Hoffman? And then Dustin Hoffman like comes up to him and is like, ha ha, I fooled you, didn't I? I can do this part. I feel like nobody would try that hard these days, you know, which is a shame. Yeah, it's like it's. Daniel Day-Lewis is probably like the last of them that's... Yeah, it gets totally... Robert De Niro does too, but not to the extent of... Yeah, but he's DDL. old. Who Who now? Are we like, Zendaya, what are you doing for your art? Yeah. How far are you willing to go? But it's also... <sighs> but that's also interesting because I do sort of feel that that's a... That's a privilege that male actors get to have. You know, where they get to, you know, but Charlize, Charlize Theron, remember Monsters Ball and stuff? Yes. She'll, she'll monster, like go on. Monster, just Monster. Oh, yeah. But Halle Berry, a Monsters Ball as well. Yeah. But yeah. She didn't ugly it up as much as Charlize did, but yeah. Yeah. So there, but I don't feel that there's anyone in that up and comer it, that'll be interesting to see as we get older, like who's the next one that's going to take it on. And I was, I was saying just before about the, I feel like it's kind of just easier for men to, Oh, you want to go method? Okay. All I have to do is right. Right. Like, Oh, gain weight and lose weight. Okay. Right. That's yeah. easy. Or it's, you know, for women, it's like, all right, well, if you gain weight, you're not going to be seen for until you lose that weight. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, so then, uh, he, so Dustin Hoffman says, you have a terrific shirt, a colossal shirt. And then a, uh, a, a person of non non-denominary non-binary non-binary yes um comes up and starts hassling them somehow i and i wrote woman question mark because not that there's anything wrong with that but it but obviously it was it was somebody who wasn't being identified by gender and gets a cigarette and um 
John Voight is telling uh, Dustin Hoffman that he's a hustler. And Dustin Hoffman, with his hideous teeth, greasy hair, is telling this dude, you got to get yourself some kind of management. So they go out into the street, and um, Dustin Hoffman hails a cab for a dude. Then as the dude is getting in the oh, cab, he okay. pickpockets him. Because I had to rewind it to figure out what happened. So he was so Dustin Hoffman, he's a scoundrel, Ratso. You know he's get, he's eking by in the city of New York when the city of New York was like super grimy, and he's so the shot establishes that Ratso is outside of it was it was it had some catchy name. It was basically it was gentleman. And so women would call up because it was at a women like a women's a hotel escort. Yeah. There was like gentleman escort. Escorts, and so exactly. this guy, he looked like he was like, you know, a dapper British kind of guy, you know. Um, you wouldn't look at him on the street and be like, that's a gigolo. You know, he was like gentlemanly. He gets there's a secretary. He gets a, a, the address from the secretary, goes up, hails a cab. That's when Ratso comes up. Like, tries to sneak in front of the cab, doesn't, but picks his pocket to get the address. Then Ratso goes into the phone, calls the oh. the women's hotel, says, no, calls the um the gentleman's escort service, says that the woman on the card canceled her, doesn't need a gentleman for the evening. And so then sends Joe Buck into the hotel. And this was a hotel that was just for women. It was a women's hotel. And so he goes into the hotel and he's waiting for the lady. The lady comes down. We don't go inside the hotel. We're just seeing it from the street. And, you know, Joe Buck is rough around the edges. This isn't the gentleman that the woman thought that she was getting. And it doesn't go well for him. And he gets tossed out of the hotel. He does while he is in the hotel because he's there for a, a little bit of a period of time. Dustin Hoffman is having a dream of them um, making big time, being in Miami, uh, running on the beach. And then as soon as Joe Buck gets thrown out, it's just like, okay, I'm back to that, back to the skids. He's not my moneymaker. Yeah. But he does take him to O'Daniel. Oh, the weird religious guy? Yeah. Oh, God. That was supposed to be his management, I think. And um, so O'Daniel tells him, you know, turn around. You got a strong back. You're going to need it. Um, And he says, so you're a cowboy. And and, um, dude says, I ain't a for real cowboy, but I am a stud. At which point O'Daniel goes on a rant about being lonesome. And he opens his bathroom door and has a, a light up. Jesus on his bathroom door and he starts a very um Catholic like when you open up I was like oh this guy seems to have a Catholic kind of shrine thing he's got like I assume the Virgin Mary and lit up in neon and it's just very much what's this this guy is up to nothing I want to be associated with no and he then he goes I'm gonna use you I'm gonna run you ragged and Joe Buck has a flashback to his baptism. Well, Joe Buck figures out that 
Ratso has done him wrong. This wasn't the management he was getting. So he's running after Ratso. And he goes in a club looking for Ratso. Ratso, and he has flashbacks of his childhood. None of his flashbacks are are warm fuzzies, people. No, but did you think that the the guy who's going to New York to sell his body is gonna have happy flashbacks? Well, that's true because we haven't had the okay that flashback yet. Okay, it's night. He's walking the streets, and there are all these cowboys lined up, mm-hmm. the sex worker cowboys, and I'm sure they're there for. Um, gender fluidness. There, wh- whatever yeah. you need, I'm gonna take care of you. Is it wasn't that Times Square? Remember when we did Taxi yeah. Driver and how you know? Ta- and you've Teeny, have you heard stories from people who have been in New York and they re- and they were around New York like Times Square in the 70s? Oh yeah, compared- and Times Square was not a good time. And 42nd Street. I mean, I think in, until the past, you know, 15 years or so yeah it was like you did not want to be there especially at night now his suede fringed jacket is starting to get dirty and you see him walking day and night and he's um locked out of his room and then he goes in and dine he he's um because he for his room he can't pay and so they confiscate i can't say that word Confiscate. confiscate his belongings and he says can can you can i just have the suitcase and he's like no man because you can tell that he's staying at the kind of place where this happens all the time the way that right. the guy says it it's like yeah they've got a they've got a plan for it yeah no we have your stuff if you can give us the money that you owe us you can have your stuff back if not we keep it and we sell it surprised he didn't take paul newman off the wall but okay he goes into a diner. He gets a cup of coffee because that's all he can afford. And he sits down with a woman and, and her child in the diner. But it was and, one of those, those like cafeteria-type diners, right? Yes. And then the that was so... What was the purpose of that? Oh, God. I don't know. Well, I think because... I don't know. I guess you're doing I different ways... I thought at first she was taking the mouse out of her hair to get her meal for free. Yeah, that's what I thought at first. I did but too. It was so... But that didn't happen. Not, it was so weird. It was just that this is... Like, obviously, something's going on with this woman. She's, you know, she's not, not at the apex of her life. Yeah, and she's not got mentally a, well. a kid. And who knows what's going on with that kid. And it was just, this is the fun that they have. Yeah, and then I just would think every family has their weird things where it was filmed. <laughs> People would see it and go like, "What the hell is that?" Well, that's but it's true. It's just yeah, hilarious. like your father wanting to beat you all the time. Yeah, that's our love language. Yeah, so we're just like, um, "I'm gonna beat you up." I was so relieved when it was a fake mouse, though. I know. Yeah, I thought for sure it was to get her meal. I did too. I okay. thought so too, but but it was so fake that how would that work? Even in 1969. Yeah. Okay, well, um, it has finally come to Joe Buck's realization that gay sex is going to be his option. That's what's going to keep the lights on. And so he goes with a aforesaid dude into the movies. The Bob Balaban. Yeah. 
and he's quite uncomfortable with the with the situation. He's he's not into it. Then he has a flashback of that girl, and you're the only one, Joe. And um, then the dude, you know, has to go throw up, obviously. And um, what happened with the money with that? Because I wrote, no, the $25 is on me. I think Joe Buck, again, didn't get paid He didn't that. get, because he didn't have the, yeah. Bob Balaban didn't have the money. Didn't have the money. And right. so then he's, he's going to take the watch. And the kid's like, my mom's going to kill me. You can't take the watch. And that's Joe Buck's problem. It's not really a problem, but it's a problem for a hustler is that he's not a horrible dude. He's no, he actually exactly. he actually is the hooker with the heart of gold. <laughs> he is. He is too nice. Because he, he he's just too nice. And so um he he I don't think he takes the guy's watch. I he just gets real no, mad and, and shoves him. He doesn't even like really beat him up or anything. But but is this where we get an indication that if he did lose it, that the dude would be dead? Well, he was so much bigger than him. Yeah. Um, Joe Buck has an anger issue if he ever lets it come to light. It, it's alluded to somewhere. In the oh, movie. okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Okay. So he's sleeping in movie theaters and the cops come through and, you know, stop that. He's walking the streets. He finally sees Ratso and he goes after him. And Ratso says, don't hit me. I'm a cripple. But Ratso has no money to give him. At this point, I say, does Ratso have the Rona? Because Ratso is coughing up a lung. He's coughing a lot. I know. He's very feverish. Ratso needs a nice, strong antibiotic. He needs ten. He needs an injection and then a ten day pack. Mm-hmm. Well, Ratso invites him to live with him. Invites Joe Buck to live with him, and Ratso is living in a condemned. What a nice building. place he has! So nice. You know, I don't. I didn't look it up, but I won. I bet that building was torn down, and it's now so expensive to live there. Yeah, it has been torn down. But what I liked was. Ratso comes into his little apartment and immediately goes in and flushes the toilet. Cause you know, if it's yellow, let it mellow was happening. Or perhaps it was just, I just have so much water. We're not sending this down yet. Um, and they say how, uh, nobody can collect rent on his apartment on account of it's condemned. And so they're uh, squatty. Yes, exactly. And Joe Buck has to carry uh, like a dorm size refrigerator upstairs. And Ratso's telling him, I don't have electricity. I'm doing it to keep the roaches out of my food, which is always a pleasant thought. So you're like, wow, 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 wow. Now, I do have a nerd alert. When they were looking for a place to film this, and correct me if I'm wrong on any counts, but they did go into a place and they found all this stuff that was just in somebody's dwelling and and they actually took that and used that in this scene which means they laid down on those mattresses that had been used by people who weren't fortunate enough to have a home 
Yeah. That's that's that Dustin Hoffman acting right there. Oh, that's the way wow. he wants it. He wants the real dirt on that mattress. He don't want no fake Hollywood dirt. Oh, he wow. wants the real dirt. I'm not that worried about the so dirt. Rizzo would have slept in. He's got to make this palpable to the audience. It's his art. I'm worried about well, the I felt, critters. I felt disgusted. I know. Oh, yeah, really. It was very oh. disgusting. I, okay, just, well, I looked it up um, on Street Easy because his address is 114 East 72nd Street. And there is an apartment for rent. Granted, it's two bedrooms um, on 50 East 72nd Street for $9,985 a month. Oh, my God. And then um, there's a little bit more modest two-bedroom at 157 East 72nd Street on the next block for... $5,499. This people is called gentrification. Not, we have to take My two drinks. God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And I for mean, 19000 a month, you could live on East 80th Street. So just go a few blocks up. $19,000. $19,000 a month? A month. I mean, that's going to give you four beds. But oh yeah, there you go. And I'll bet two bathrooms or maybe one. Three. You get three. You oh, get three okay. actually. And what about a parking space? I'm sure that costs extra money. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, people. Okay. Nice now, um, if you can afford that. Oh my god. But who can? That's what I want to Okay. So people jump up phones, there's people out the there. Infested mattress. And he has another dream flashback of the girl, I love you, Joe. Then we see, this is where it's kind of explained a little bit. We see flashlights coming into the car. Obviously, they're in a car having sex. And they are ripped out of the car, naked. She apparently is raped by a couple people, and he as well. Yeah. Is raped by a couple people. And he wakes up and just wants to know where his boots are. Because he spent a lot of money on that outfit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dustin Hoffman says, you want to stay here? Uh, oh, um, no. I'm sorry. Rewind. <laughs> John Voigt says, you want me to stay here? What do you want from me? Because at least he's been in the city long enough to know ain't nothing comes for free. Yes. And... Um, Somebody says to somebody, oh, I guess John Voigt. This is when he says, I have anger issues. But Dustin Hoffman says you can stay a couple of days. Um, but there is a rule. In um, Ratso goes, in my own place, you have to call, my name is Enrico Salvatore Rizzo. I'm not Ratso in my own place. Don't call me Ratso. Okay, next day, ra but he does Riz look like a rat. He does. he does. He does have a little ratty face. And Rizzo sure. is cooking some kind of meal on a camp stove, and telling um, Joe Buck. Okay, you know, cowboys are a dime a dozen here on Forty Second Street, but we go to Miami. You're going to be a novelty, and you can score at Miami Beach. Um. No Park Avenue ladies gonna 
going after that cowboy stuff. Uh, that cowboy is faggot stuff. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At which point John Voigt goes, John, what? you telling me John Wayne is a faggot? John, oh, uncomfortable. Um, okay. Only thing I've ever been good at is loving. That's John Voigt. Well, <laughs> Ratso, who is like the nastiest person on the face of the earth, goes, yeah, but nobody's coming cl- near you with the way you smell. So they go into a laundromat, and Joe, Joe Buck is sitting there wrapped in a blanket because they've taken all his clothes and just Ratso Wait, manages. Can I just say? Yeah. I found my, I did that yesterday when I was doing my laundry because I'm like, I'm, I got the bucket out. I'm in, I got the bathtub. I got the whole setup. Why wouldn't I want to get everything washed? So, you know, by the time I was done doing laundry, I was completely naked because I wanted everything to have been washed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you are not sitting in a public laundromat. Nope, I sadly, that is why I was able <laughs> to do that. And I had the heater on, so I didn't need a blanket or anything to keep me warm. It was no, warm you, yeah. enough. Yeah, you got the heat from outside. Who says I'm falling apart here? Who doesn't? Okay. Oh, and- I wrote that down as a quotable. Yeah. And it has been an hour, so I quit taking notes, but. Um, so far, Joe Buck has not been able to realize his dreams. <laughs> no. No, he, he has Joe Buck hasn't even come to an eighth of his dreams. It is He is living in a condemned building with somebody named Ratso. Who's dying. And Ratso is telling him he needs a show. Yeah, he smells bad. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, but nothing in Joe Buck's life has gone according to plan so exactly so now we are to our people of color count all right I we had our one dude well we had ralph who was the cook he was the only person of color who actually spoke then i counted a sailor who was on the bus um there was that weird black face i put out jolson but it could i could be i mean I'm not just like who- I'm bespurking Al Jolson. He's been in blackface before, so he can't right. get offended exactly. if I So somebody in blackface appeared twice. Um then I saw a black woman and man, I think at a bar. Oh, okay. Uh, so then it was nineteen sixty nine. So I, my total was six one speaking part. And um, the blackface. Okay. Yeah. So not not a real great showing by any means. It, in '69, New York City. I yeah, mean, you should New have City. more ethnicity showing, but okay. But that wasn't this story that they wanted to tell. It wasn't this and, story. And I mean, come on, we've been doing Gone with the Bushes now for 120 episodes, and if it isn't a movie like Black History Month movie. The POC count is usually abysmal, and the roles that are being portrayed. Exactly. So exactly. That kind of that's sort of why when people are, um, are get a little bit uh, 
angry, agitated at, at diversity and people playing different parts and stuff. That's kind of why the history. It's not like there's a history to go on. Uh, okay, nerd alerts that have not yet already been mentioned. Well, would you like to know what United States was leading up to this movie's release in? 69. Well, there was, that was, there was a heavy Vietnam influence going on. So, all right. So this was leading, this is 1969 leading up to May. I was a junior in high school. Oh, in high school. So the first Led Zeppelin album was released. Watch out. Led Zeppelin took oh. me through college. <laughs> me too. Um, the Jets behind Joe Namath won the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. <laughs> Nixon was sworn in as the 37th president. And we thought that was the worst it could ever be. <laughs> I know. I'm watching Mrs. America and it's about like 1972 and, and, you know, leading up to that. And I'm like, guys, just yeah, guys. Yeah, really. This, this isn't that big of a story. Um, the Santa Monica. The Santa Barbara oil spill happened and it inspired Wisconsin Senator Gaylord Nelson to organize Gaylord. the first Earth Day in 1970. Well done, Gaylord! Mm -hmm. The Beatles performed their last public performance on the roof of Apple Records. Oh, I remember. See, that. let it be. And then they broke up because of Yoke. It was probably because of Paul. Or maybe George. I mean, Yoko didn't all help. Above. All <laughs> yeah. the above. Um, yeah. For 147, after 147 years, the last weekly edition of the Saturday Evening Post was. Hmm. Wow. In 69? Yeah. Wow. So that, because wow. the way the 1969 has always been portrayed to me someone of of my age is whoa wild and crazy times things were a changing Ooh, man so yeah after 147 years i would i could see that as being a big change yeah psychedelics don't really have a place in saturday evening post no the novel the godfather was first distributed yes i remember operation breakfast happened which was the covert bombing of cambodia by the united states it began yeah but we didn't ever go into cambodia yeah but that happens so yeah but i they came they were phantom bombs. It, it was covert yeah nothing to see here guys mm -mm. uh john and yoko got married yeah the end eisenhower died so i don't remember eisenhower dying well, it was 19... You're, you're too busy partying. Not at all. Oh, my high school days were so sad. <sighs> um, The Montreal Expos became the first team to play in Major League Baseball outside of the United States. This is important because the Montreal Expos went on to become the World Series champion Washington Nationals. Really? I didn't know that. Mm hmm Huh. That's the the huh. Nat the Expos became the Nats. Huh. Hamburger Hill, that famous battle, Vietnam took place. Yeah. Vietnam was heavy 
And I found this to be interesting. This is 1969. A teenager named Robert R. He died in St. Louis of mysterious befuddling causes. And it wasn't until 1984 that he became the earliest confirmed case of HIV slash AIDS in North America. Mm -hmm. Wow. If people would pay attention at the beginning of what's going to become a pandemic. Well, and that's what can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm sorry. My headphones died and I wasn't sure. Oh, Oh, have we been talking over you this whole time? No, we're back. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so that's interesting. And Anthony Fauci was one of the people that um, he, at the beginning of that whole thing, um, like the AIDS activists were very mad and pissed off at him because, you know, they were like, no, there's something that's really going on. And then he, because he's a scientist, looked at the materials and the evidence and the proof, and he was like, oh, yes, I see. Ah, yes, there is something. And so that's why everyone just needs to trust Fauci. He, he's, he's, this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. Oh, okay, my other nerd alerts. The Sundance Film Festival. Another thing, another, um, oh, are you finished with what happened that year? Yes. Did you have something for the year? Did you talk about the Stonewall riots? That happened a month after. after. Okay, that was just mine, that it happened a month afterwards, which I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, tell us more about that. Well, on June 28th in 1969, when a bunch of police, um, stormed into the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village and started arresting and, like, being very violent, with, which is a gay bar, with all of the patrons there. So then all of the people from there, and it sparked this whole, like, seven-day riot, and is now when we do, uh, like, the gay pride parade. Oh, yeah, okay. It's why, it's, it's why like, June is Pride Month, right? Like, one of the reasons. Wow. That was before AIDS. So imagine what happened when well, AIDS became Well, it was like... before people knew what AIDS were because exactly. this guy, somebody died in 1969. So right. it had been around, but people just didn't know. You right. it was just like, oh, it was a pneumonia or it was something else, you right. know? But then, I mean, the the people of gay persuasion became really ostracized during the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. But the Stonewall was when that was like the first kind of like, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. Like the first like, we need rights kind of thing. And then also it happened later in 1969 in July was, you know, moon landing. Right. And that overtook everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the director of of photography, if you watch that, oh, it's a fantastic documentary called Apollo 11 where they did all of this shooting on the, I've talked about it before on other podcasts, but on the, the IMAX, like the 70 millimeter, and it, it's just all that archival footage. The director of photography shot some of that footage that is used in Apollo 11. Ah. Mm-hmm. There are still people who believe that was all a hoax. It was all done on a soundstage in California. You are related to them. Okay, is that the end of our nerd? People have reasons to to disbelieve the government. So, yeah. Oh no, I have more nerd alerts. Um, 
the Sundance Film Festival if the name of the award for screenwriting is the Waldo Scott Screenwriting Award. And as it was mentioned before, this film was rated X. So from 1968 to 1970, the Motion Picture Association of America had a rating system. And during this time, X was unsuitable for children, but it was non-pornographic and intended for a general audience. But this wasn't a, a trademarked or copyrighted phrase, like rated X. So pornographic films self-applied the non-trademark X to their film. And much as like Kleenex and Xerox, rated X just became synonymous with pornography. Right. So in 1990, the MPAA decided to come out with NC-17. So it's like, it's not a pornographic film, but nobody under 17 can be admitted. Because you, rated R, like, you can be, you have to be 17 or with a parent. And NC-17 was like, no, not even, like, we're not even trusting your parents' judgment right, on this. Right, Um. So this had an R, so before its release in 1969, it had an R rating, but after consulting with a psychologist, they were told to, the producers were told to accept an X due to, quote, homosexual frame of reference. Oh my God, you see it, you're going to be, you're going to do it. You see it, you're going to do it. And it's possible, quote, influence on youngsters. Yeah. Youngsters go, oh, that looks like fun. <laughs> yeah, so it was like, oh, they, like, meanwhile, it's like, the, the cat's out of the bottle already. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously. Okay. Well, I did have to lie to my parents that about going to see it at a drive-in in 1970, so. 19, you were that. 18. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the and the, the, to... the weird the, the weird funny thing is if this movie had come out like when I was eighteen, the whole family would have gone to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least uh human services can't take you away now. Okay, we are two reheatables. Um negative okay. reheatables. Oh boy. Oh man, she got a binder. I have some notes. Oh my god! Oh my god! You should see Tini's binder. Okay, Tini, take it away. Negative reheatables. The derogatory terms. They said the f word a lot. Bunch. Flying fast and free, which is just so wrong. Yeah. Um. Well, and the blackface, obviously. Yes. Um, th- the gum chewing. Yes. Oh, I didn't even notice oh, that. Oh my god, no, I hate. I think I have that phobia or that when it, I hear people chewing. And the other morning, Adam, we got cereal last week, and one morning we were like not watching TV and we were eating. He was like, "Do you? I'll go. I should eat this in the other room." And I was like, "That would be nice." <laughs> <laughs> Chewing is one of those things 
for me. And so hearing Teeny, oh. we so have a gum chewing thing together. Oh, I, I can't it. stand it. Oh, I can't. God. Yeah, it just is like roaches on your back. Yeah, you can't get off your back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't know we had that in common. Yeah. I'm going to be so self-conscious now of eating in front of you. <laughs> I don't care about that, but but the gum chewing I do. No, TD does. We all need to be on a, on the now. But usually it's in a big group and like you can't, you know, people are talking. Right. You can't hear it. One-on-one. Oh. Yeah. I have that issue daily. <laughs> but then it makes me self-conscious of myself you know like when i'm eating something like and you can hear the crunch 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 or that I, I know other people can anyway i do uh not a lot but a fair amount of eating with earplugs in courtesy of the dancers upstairs and man i had a uh, chipotle on friday with the chips it was so loud yeah in my head but listeners, I want you to understand, Tini and I have come to another place where we are totally simpatico. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that disgusted me. Um, the All the coughing in public. Yes, Not without in, covering. Yes. Yes. Like, in somewhere and had to cough. Like, cover uh, it. Yeah. Uh, when they were in the pawn shop and he just started coughing all over the xylophone as he was playing, like even without COVID oh. around, like he was just coughing, coughing without covering his mouth. I have to yes. say, prior to February 2020, people coughing and not covering their mouth was the gum chewing slash chewing equivalent for me. I yes. can't stand yes. it. I'm just yes. like, oh my, what are you doing? So you could not be a substitute for kindergarten through third grade. Yeah, no. When <laughs> when you <laughs> retired, that was the last time I stepped into a public school. Unless I have to vote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the smoking on the bus when they were like on the bus in Florida. Yes. Can you imagine? No. Um, and then one that you know, doesn't, just isn't around anymore that I kind of wish was, though. The nose guards for the beach, all the old ladies. I've never seen those before. Those were perfect. That's what I need for the beach. Of the whole family, Teeny and I need those for the beach. Yes. Um, those were my negatives, I think. Okay, I'm going to add aerosol spray deodorant. I, I remember aerosol awesome. spray deodorant last month and not fun. That's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. I have not only smoking on the bus, smoking in general, because dude didn't stop. And then he and Brenda Vaccaro were smoking in bed. Yeah. That's like in Mrs. America, they're just smoking like chimneys too. Yeah. Everybody did. Um, Ratso's teeth. He did have a, a thing that that he put in, like a retainer thing to make his teeth so nasty, but my God. Mm. Gag every time you see him. Uh just homelessness. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
and you know they smelled so to bad. high heaven. But I feel like a lot of people in New York smelled. Maybe Just that, in that in Times Square area. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Aaron's negatives. Oh uh, yeah, like Teeny was saying earlier, he was that guy on the bus with his radio. How does I have to listen to what this guy is? He, oh, it that drives me crazy. Same with the he's like the woman that's in the public restroom that's having the conversation out loud. Like, but you can hear the other person. So she well, you hear you have very close relatives that do that yeah. continually. Well, it's annoying. Um, that like oh man, Rizzo's health, and then it, just lump that in with the healthcare system because she's just like oh, he just needed. If he had just gone in earlier and just gotten an antibiotic, ugh. he didn't have anywhere to go though. Truth be told, I know. Well, I know because we don't have a national. Just the healthcare system and stuff. So he's just gonna mm-hmm. infect everyone else. Um, I put old time square, but that's a that's a bad reheatable, but also like slash a good reheatable. Yes, I agree. Uh, I have Smokey on the bus. I have the X rating. It because then in 1971 it was just changed to an R. I have Crazy yeah. Anne because that whole thing was like that's not. Well, a of great course, reheatable. she became crazy yeah. when she raped by multiple people and i i read that in the book what happened was that um so she was with joe and in the synopsis of the book i read it made it say that it made it seem like Anne was you know like to i don't know what happened to I be, i probably believe that Anne was traumatized and so she was um getting like passed around from all different uh, kinds of people because that was her only worth yeah yeah oh. i felt like that there was trauma in crazy Anne's life and so yeah. then her father found out about it and put was gonna put her put her into an in- asylum so that's the crazy mm-hmm. part and then when he joe went to i think confront the father or somebody and then he ended up getting sexually assaulted by a group of people as well multiple people yeah. i mean i can't even i yeah. i can't even so i was like all right and then okay so the whole name like joe buck for a yeah. lot of people yeah they're like isn't he I the sports uh yeah, kind of play funny. by play man wouldn't you have changed your name like Here's Joe the thing. Buckley? Joe Buck was born April 25th, 1969, one month before this film came oh, out. Oh, wow. Wow. I I think, well, okay. I think but he couldn't, it he couldn't change it because his father was, um, you know, big time in that as well. Oh, okay. So okay. he kind of wanted, he wanted to have it, but then, you know, that's, and that he's talked about it a lot because his dad was so big time. So it's being in his dad's shadow and stuff, but oh, he, wow. yeah, Oof, lots of shit. And then he went on to get addicted to hair plugs. It's a whole thing. Joe Buck did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I'll bet that, I'll bet his father and this all, meshed to create a but touch by of the a time mess. he was a teenager it that like people would have been making fun of him as a 
from a 15 year old movie you know yeah exactly like, that would have been over yeah and, it just would have yeah. been like people who, like his parents friends being like oh my god yeah. they named their kid yeah. joe buck jeez yeah. <laughs> it would be like um what was her name in the graduate mrs robinson yeah going oh you're joe buck oh, oh come he, on in yeah he probably got that from some moms. All awkward. Well, that's un- uncomfortable. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard from mothers of sons who are gorgeous that sometimes the moms get a little inappropriate, and I'm not talking personally. Wait, what? Just as far as comments, like, oh my God, you're. Well, I did have that one time. A mother of a student in my class said. Oh my God, your son is so hot. And I, I had to go vomit. Oh. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. Okay. Weird. Okay. <laughs> we are two. Oh, we are two positive reheatables. <laughs> Jeannie, it was very uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. I was sitting right over here. He doesn't know that happened. Wait, well now he does. Bad he might need some therapy. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even like it was a hot mom who said it. So it was, yeah. Well, Excuse imagine imagine Paul Newman's mom. I mean, the oh, yeah, really. the way that we talk about him on this podcast. That's true. Or even his wife, who is still alive. That's right. But she, but we like her, and she could beat us we up. We love still, her, so. and she has to understand what we're going through. Wait, I no, I'm not going into that. Oh okay, positive gosh. reheatables. Positive reheatables, teeny. Positive reheatables. I'm walking here. <laughs> I know. It's like one of the best quoted things from a film. And it was improvised. It was mm-hmm. because they couldn't stop traffic in New York to film. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess this should have been a negative reheatable, but I put it in reheatables because I was thinking of things that still happen. People moving to New York City to make their dreams come true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Aaron's living in Hollywood, so come on. Yeah. 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 You always see it. You're like, ah, oh, look at the newbies. Yeah. Just settle um, into your cubicle job, people. Yeah. 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 And another reheatable that isn't positive but still happens. I guess I'm doing my reheatables in a different way. No, um, you, no you can totally do them. Some of them you have to split and you just decide. Yeah is the laundromat cleanliness because that laundromat was disgusting and we went to a laundromat a few weeks ago that we were like this is disgusting but we just had to do it you just got to trust that the inside is going to get your shit clean yeah um yeah and then their florida outfits were great the vacation shirts that he went and bought when they and he was like oh yours was the only shirt with the palm tree palm trees Mm -hmm. i know yeah so sweet. Um, I mean, other than that, there weren't a lot of positives going on. <laughs> okay, I have a positive. Coconut milk. Yes, coconut milk is good. Yeah, it was a positive, although they didn't get the coconut milk because it flew out the window. That reminded me of one of the first times when I was, one of my first college memories is hanging out with my friend Novak, and he got a coconut and, like, have like the whole conversation the whole afternoon trying to figure out how to, how to, get to the open yeah. up the coconut. 
Yeah. Because nobody, because if we were at home, like everybody had the tools, but it was trying to figure a out. Drill. You need a freaking drill. Yeah. Just how to open up this coconut with yeah. college dorm tools. Okay. My other, another reheatable is John Voight's lips. I mean, I wish as a white blonde person, I had his lips. Yeah. I mean, for yeah, I could see that. Taxi fare of $1 would get Dustin Hoffman where he needed to go in New York City. And the friendship. I wrote, no, Um, (laughs) fiendship. But the friendship, uh, that was was just a a nice, um, okay, Aaron, positive reheatables. The Paul Newman poster. (gasps) How did I forget that? I love that Razzo Rizzo was representing the BX. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he would be from the Bronx. He would be. Um, Joe Buck's outfit. Tell me, guys, you're in Brooklyn. Do you not think he plays mandolin in a indie rock band? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, that he's not out of place in that outfit. Um, there was, I saw a wrecking ball and I just had to put it in for you, Ma. Really? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a montage. I came in like a wrecking ball. Yep. And (laughs) I'm a big fan of Harry Nilsson. Even though he didn't write Everybody's Talking, Fred Neal wrote it. I, I recommend people checking out Henry Nilsson. He wrote, uh, Without You. He wrote, you put the lime in the coconut. (gasps) And he also wrote, (gasps) I know, oh, drink. Drink. And he also wrote Three Dog Nights hit one. Three Dog Nights. Remember one? That was my freshman year in college. Oh my God. That's Harry Nilsson. He was like, he was like John Lennon's favorite musician. Wow. He was my freshman year in college. <sighs> so many memories. Mm-hmm. So those are my reheatables. Okay. We are to quotables. I did quite a few already. Okay. Just to recap, a lot of rich women bagging for it, paying for it. I'm sure that still is happening. Uh, you're not looking for the Statue of Liberty at all. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, see? It's up in Central Park taking a leak. If you hurry, you'll catch the show. Goes <laughs> in with her. Yeah. Um, you were going to ask me for money? I'm a hell of a gorgeous chick. Got to get yourself some kind of management. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Ain't. Ain't a real cowboy, but I'm a stud. Gonna use you, gonna run you ragged. <laughs> I'm not done. Don't hit me, I'm a cripple. <laughs> and only thing I've ever been good at is loving. I'm out. Um, I'm going to just do, I'm only going to repeat one that you said, because I think it needs to be repeated again. I'm walking here. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I ain't ever seen you change your underwear once this whole time I've been in New York. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, women go crazy for me. That's a real true fact. 
Uh, what do a couple of fruity wackos like that want with a couple of characters like us? <laughs> so many. There were so many. Um, oh, when Joe asked for matches when they were going to smoke in bed, the girl he was with said, oh, they're over there right behind that thing. <laughs> right behind that thing. I don't want to know what the thing was. Uh, um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm falling apart here. Yeah, I'm falling apart here. And then when he was talking about, he was like, oh, what I'm going to do is get some sort of job or something. <laughs> He's got and it all figured he, out. And the last one, when he peed his, when Ratto peed his pants, yeah. and Joe said, you took a little rest stop that was, that wasn't on schedule. That's all. I know. Relate to that. That was so sweet. <laughs> Such a sweet way to do it. Aww. All right, I have, of course, I'm walking here. Yeah. Um. Then I have him. What do you say? Well, if it's free, then it ain't stealing it. Yes. Yes. And he says, at least call me Rico in my own goddamn place. That's right. And I only get car sick on boats. I thought that was funny because I get car sick on everything. And I like what he tells, takes it to his new place. And he's like, I got my own private entrance here. <laughs> but he has to take him through the, the chain link fence. That's right. That's right. Yep. So those were mine. Okay. Reheatables, Teeny. We you did reheatables. The first couple minutes of the film. My MVP. MVP. Oh, I'm sorry. MVP. That's what I meant. <laughs> MVP. First, I put the cow suitcase. Because I really loved that cow suitcase. Um, but then I changed it to, I'm walking here. Yeah, yeah. My MVP. My MVP was, my MVP'd, because I peed, was the suede jacket as a metaphor for, for his entire uh, process through the film. You know how it was new and shiny and beautiful, and then it got so dirty, and finally he had to just throw it away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I have an honorable mention MVP, and that's antibiotics. Oh, well done. My real MVP is the Motion Picture Association of America for giving this an X rating because then the tagline of the movie poster was, everything you've heard about it is true. So... It was a double-edged sword because yeah. X-rated films wouldn't get played at movie theaters. You know, like AMC wouldn't play it. The right. equivalent of AMC back in the day wouldn't. But the publicity of this, I think, I don't have the exact number, but it was something like 10 weeks after its release, it was the number one film in America just because people are like, oh, have you, oh, you know, just the word of mouth. And I don't think it was it an X-rated film that you could go see and not feel slimy about yourself. Exactly. And so yeah. that's why they're my MVP, because I think if it was an R-rated film that people would have been like, oh, it's a, it's a, it's a great, solid movie. Oh, Dustin Hoffman, hell of a performance. Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't have been the, oh, you can, it's 
you know like yeah. they gave it that extra publicity that's what made people go see exactly. it exactly like, i'm allowed to go see an x-rated film but i would never be seen in an x-rated film exactly so that's why they get the mvp excellent lvp mm, i have one rats apartment <laughs> i had Ratso's teeth <laughs> I have whoever was sitting behind Ratso on the bus to Florida. <laughs> he peed he peed in the seat and then he dies. And then they put him back in the seat. And then he just stays there. So you're just sitting there like, you're not gonna tell me this motherfucker died? Like I'm sitting behind a dead guy now? First I have his urine on my feet and now what? I have dead urine on my feet. <laughs> oh my god. Just dead even urine. Just, just picture Adam's face if he was the guy. I'm like, oh my god. What? Oh my god. Okay, recasting. I only did Ratso and Joe. That's all I did as well. Oh, well, look at me doing extra credit. Oh, I nerd think alert. I did the best rat. I had Ratso before I even watched the movie. Well, who is okay. it? But it's from, it's, what do you call it, Aaron? When all it's time cast? You all did time all cast. time cast? Yeah. Okay. 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 Everybody get ready. Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. Jr. That's right. Come on. Yeah, that would be pretty good. Oh my fuck. So who's God. the Joe Buck? Okay. Well, Joe Buck, I went more with um, stature than ability. Okay. Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah, Tom Selleck, Joe Buck to Sammy Davis Jr.'s Razzo Rizzo. Yeah, I'd watch it. Midas Think the mustache about- or with the mustache? Magnum P.I.? This is totally the mustache. It's, it's oh. early 70s. Okay. 69, 70s. I mean, first of all, he would get picked up on 42nd Street. They wouldn't just leave him walking. But yeah. oh. I'm just saying, come on. That's a good cast. Oh, I knew Sammy Davis Jr. Be- on last Sunday when Christine said Midnight Cowboy, I said Sammy Davis Jr. It was Ratso Rizzo. That's okay. That's <laughs> Is that it? That's your only cast? That's that's it. That's all I got. All right. Because I nailed it. You did nail it. Um, My turn. Okay. Well, for Joe, I had Ryan Gosling. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Or I also think RuPaul could do a very compelling Joe. RuPaul, that would be very RuPaul interesting. would be good. I like that. Ryan Gosling would need lifts in his shoes, but we could do that. And then for Ratso, at first I put um, Coach K because he looks like a rat. <laughs> Coach K in his film debut. But then That's for an so actor, funny. I would... <laughs> I thought... Only North Carolina could do that. Oh, yeah. Um, Danny DeVito for Rats. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. To- oh, good one. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or, you know who else is Rosario Dawson? I thought she would be a good Ratso because of her performance in Rent and being able to be like kind of like a dirty. Yes. Oh, she, she was in Rent? Yeah. She yeah. was. Yeah. She, oh. That's where, I think. She, she got a big start. 
I just yeah. finished Briar Patch. So I was, oh, I was like, oh. And then the lady at the party who he goes home with. The Vaccaro, yeah. Her fur jacket in bed, which was interesting. I uh, mean, come on. Yeah. I just wanted Stocker Channing to play her, too. Yes. Yeah, totally. That nails it. That's fantastic. Yeah. How many body fluids are on that fur jacket? Ew. I mean, come on. Oh, uncomfortable? Take a drink. All right. My recasting, I have as... But it's hard because I wanted to try to find somebody who was like young. So I went with Buck. I went with that Ansel Elgort. Yes. Okay. You know? He was in uh, not Speed, but that um, the Baby Driver movie. Dr- baby Driver. Yeah. Yep. And so then my Ratso, I was I was, I was having trouble, and I, I just went with Jonah Hill. I can okay. see it. He's an easy go-to. Yeah. But I got to say, Samus Davis Jr. takes it up. That was pretty good. So then my other cast as Buck, I have Jay Ellis, Lawrence from Insecure. I love Lawrence. Mm-hmm. He's also in Mrs. America. They are going to get back together, aren't they? I don't know. I'm behind. And my Ratso, I have Kevin Hart. I he was yeah he was the go to because he's so freaking mm-hmm. short and his the, when he when he wants to get serious about getting an Oscar oh mm-hmm. he might get an Oscar for this although neither of them got an Oscar for this and who did they lose out to John Wayne John fucking Wayne I thought you were gonna say something else it's <laughs> another F word because <laughs> remember I when they it. referenced. But no, but in the movie I, they reference John Wayne. I don't use that. I know, but I I thought I was like, oh, is is, is Shecky no. Comedy One Hundred and One gonna come out? No. Okay, we're at the end of drink number two, and I didn't say it because I have my friends I love. All right. Okay, we are to tasty nuggets. Yes. There were a lot, but I was rather um, I uh, picky about which ones I wrote down. Okay. I wrote down that Dustin Hoffman put pic- pebbles, not pickles, pebbles in his shoes so that he would always remember to do that walk. Yeah, the continuity from shot to shot. Mm-hmm. John Voight was paid scale. Whatever scale was for that, mm-hmm. so that's like it's like not a wage. leading man. Yeah, I mean he still he got paid like for us a shit ton of money, but for the Screen Actors Guild, whatever they had negotiated was like the minimum. But this wasn't a big time production, and he didn't have a name, so he was like, "Yeah, I just I want to be in this film, so that's yeah. fine." It was a really good, good move. Mm-hmm. Um, both, 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 both. <laughs> John Voight and Dustin Hoffman were nominated for best best actor. <laughs> and they lost to John Wayne, amazingly, for True Grit. Yes. Laugh at me. Um, Harrison Ford and Warren Beatty were were looked at for Joe Buck. 
Wait, Harrison Ford and, and man. Harrison I, Ford Warren Beatty did a, though. Did a screen test. Warren Beatty was too well known. And I, I take too good looking. Yeah. 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 And for Ratso, they actually contacted Robert Blake, which was oh. genius. Wow. I mean, he, he's so a Ratso. He is. What maybe maybe things would have been different for him. Maybe he wouldn't have killed that woman. Um, John Schlesinger said this was a mixture of depression and humor I found on 42nd Street. Yeah, cool. John Schlesinger was gay himself. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I have been watching Hollywood on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, um, somebody told him if you clean it up and add a few songs, it would be great for Elvis. Oh, well, you don't, this is, well, I, Ma's not a big Elvis fan. I'm no, not a Ma big Elvis like fan. Elvis. So, Teeny, do, would you have been more in? Like, yay. I like Elvis. So, he was too greasy for me. I don't know. My grandma's obsessed with Elvis. Well, that there you go. Go to, we always get her Elvis gifts, you know. Excellent. What would your grandma have thought if, instead of John Voight, though, that it was Elvis Presley as the hustler? I think she would have loved him regardless. But Elvis <laughs> in the movie theater with dude, you know, doing his thing? Would grandma been okay with that? I feel like if Elvis had signed on, they would have changed all of that. Wow. Well, it would have been a female... Yeah, they he okay. his character would not have been uh, assaulted by multiple people, and he would not um, do. Somebody would like have come have come on to him, but he would have like slapped them. Down. Okay, it would yeah, have been I a very different portrait of masculinity. I don't do men. Okay. Yeah, I okay. I think, but it would have been interesting. Well, okay, Teeny in sixty nine. Do you know if Elvis was, was he beginning to, like, where was Elvis in his fame? I have no idea. I think he was beginning his decline. I thought that he was, like, I read in 16, the beginning of 69, but I didn't put it in, that he started recording the sessions that would, like, lay the groundwork for his comeback. But he was overweight and old. So, but maybe that would have been a very interesting, maybe he, maybe he didn't have the juice then to say, and it would have been a very interesting, like, what if it would have completely changed things and accelerated things to have like Elvis, like doing the gay hustler thing, yeah. you well, know, it, it would have been interesting. Yeah. I, I can tell you that. All right. Is that all your tasty nuggets? Those are my tasty nuggets. Do you? You have any tasty nuggets? Well, I um, I was trying to narrow my down because I found an interesting article that, like, a website that had it like talks about all the places they went and like where they are now. Or, like, do, about them, do they still have a a like um, tour bus? Hmm? Excuse me. Do they have a tour? <laughs> <laughs> Those are still around. 
I think you can still take one from New York City to Florida if you want. <laughs> it might be more than $59. <laughs> you know, Adam used to take a bus from New York to New Jersey every day. <laughs> Ew, buses, you say? <laughs> Oh, you know how how when we did Jumba Jack Flash, yes, we still have tours that go through New York City of her places. Oh, oh yeah. what do you think tours of New York City? <laughs> okay, well, so there's a couple of interesting ones. When they are going, when he chases Rizzo down to the diner in the Upper West Side, they turn and there's a hotel, the Hotel Kimberly. There's a Hotel Kimberly that's in Times Square that's a little bit different, but Lucille Ball used to live there. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Um, the famous, I'm walking here line was when he was walking um, across 6th Avenue on 58th Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... Oh, shoot. Where was my other one? I'm so sorry. Um, it's okay. We, we People can be still laughing about tour buses. Some people yeah. have imploded on this podcast, and I'm not apologizing. So The lady who tells him to catch the 7th Avenue subway when he's looking for the Statue of Liberty, um, and then she goes into her fancy... Um, yeah, uptown. Yeah, it's situated on what was called Millionaire's Row. Ooh. The building holds the headquarters for an African relief organization. Oh. Um, that's really all I have. Oh, and then one of the buildings is where that's shown is where Good Morning America is programmed from now. Oh, oh okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I have that the 1970 Academy Awards... So both, like you said, they were both nominated for their best actor, lost to John Wayne. Uh, Sylvia Miles was nominated. Robbed. For- Robbed. Sylvia. O-B-B-E-D. Well, who would you have given it to, John Voight or Dustin Hoffman? Dustin. Me too. Um, <clears throat> Sylvia Miles was best supporting actress nominated. Hugh A. Robertson was nominated for best editing. And then it won best adapted screenplay, best director, and it won best picture. Here are the other movies that it beat for Best Picture. Best Picture. Anne, <clears throat> Anne of the Thousand Days. Okay, that would be probably Anne Boleyn. Oh, Aaron's out of alcohol. Hello, Dolly. Okay. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <gasps> oh, come on. You want to yeah. pit me against this and Paul Newman? I... I... I don't know. I and mean, this is like Artie movie versus Butch Cassidy, which I'd go with I mean, Butch. I'd I, go with Paul. I'm sorry. I, I kind of think I do. I kind of go. I yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's just if you. It, it's if you like the. If you want the the darker, rigid, grittier, or if the you want psychedelic the... scenes can be kind of off-putting. Mm-hmm. Even okay. The hotel cow Claridge. Yes. It's on the southeast corner of Broadway and West Fort 
44th Street in 44th. Midtown Manhattan. And it's the north half of Times Square. And it was demolished in 1972. Right. Right. I thought it was interesting. So Razzo Rizzo is supposed to be like New Yorker. And Joe Buck is from, you know, an outsider. Right. But in real life, John Voight was from Yonkers. And Dustin Hoffman was from L.A. Exactly. Acting. 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 And yeah. That, that was it. That was it. It was just interesting. Also, I thought it was interesting that John Schlesinger, that he was the one to direct this because he was, I was surprised that he was British. So he was an outsider. Yeah, and he was really also, odd because he captured Manhattan. Yeah, and, and he was also gay and he was also Jewish. So he was just outsider, outsider, outsider Um, being able to... Ooh to really like capture that. And that's probably yeah. one of the things, reasons why you wanted to adapt it. And it's, it's a kind of movie. I read an article and Schlesinger died, I think in 2003 and in 1994, he gave an article saying, joking about how if he had gone into a film executive and said that he wanted to make this movie about this, you know, guy from Texas that wants to be a hustler and all the stuff that there's no way that they would have, made this movie um, yeah exactly so. okay teeny tasty nuggets oh no those were mine yeah she she did her tasty nuggets outstanding i have lost track of time <laughs> okay <laughs> the moderator just goes off the rails the moderator told you at the beginning she was going off the rails so i just needed some support so that is our telling of Midnight Cowboy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was an excellent choice. I, I salute the choice. Yeah, I do too. Kind of. Yeah, who knew? I sure did not. <laughs> I, was, I was like, man, she doesn't know. This no, be funny. I didn't know. She did not have a fun Saturday night movie viewing time. That's funny. <laughs> so I decided. Like this. Maybe we needed a comedy next week. It is my week, correct? Yes. Okay. Sure so, so maybe we needed a comedy. Okay. And so I'm going for a total fluff piece. Do I get but to guess? The reason behind it. Okay. 1959. 1959. Okay. Got 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, like number five on all time best comedies uh, from the 50s. The seven so year that. itch? No, that was in the running. But I have been watching Hollywood on Netflix, which has a strong presence of Rock Hudson. Pillow Talk? Yes. 1959. Is Doris Day in that as well? Doris Day. I was going to go for Giant, but I felt like that was too much drama. Ah. So we're going for a fluff piece. Pillow Talk. Doris. Doris Day. Day. (laughs) I was going to say Doris Roberts, but that wasn't right. And Rock Hudson. Pillow Talk, 1959 next week. Just for a fluff piece. I hear that is very fluffy. 
I, I very fluffy. I think they go to an automat, which was my favorite part of this because uh, I and my siblings were shipped off to my aunt in New York, who lived in New York, who was at the very beginning of IBM in its inception. She's because my mother loaded. had to have, yeah, my mother had to have foot surgery, so we went there early 60s to New York City to visit her and we went to an automat which I thought was the best thing that ever happened. So is this uh, our grandma's sister? This is Pa's sister. Oh, okay. My grandpa's Aunt sister. Anne. Aunt Anne. Ah. You, you probably don't know much about her. No. Jean and well. Yeah, she probably was not happy about my existence. So. No, 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 no. It was... It was um, a rivalry of the ants, Alma versus Anne. And the the fittest one wasn't the richest one. Well, yeah, the (laughs) fittest one wasn't the richest one. And we did not somehow benefit from that richestness. Yeah, well, it was survival of the fittest. And the fittest one happened to not be the richest one. Exactly. Them's the breaks. Yeah. Look at the ankles and go with the fat ones. That would have been the money. But we are going with Pillow Talk 1959. Rock Hudson, Doris Day. Nice. Exciting. Uh, It's not going to be that exciting, but it's going to be a fluff piece. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. You're the one that ends this, ma. Well, <laughs> listeners, there you go. <gasps> Bye. <Bye-bye. Bye-bye. laughs>